It's the Dog Cast, episode number 86. The dogs get a huge win over the War Eagle, Tigers, Plainsmen, whatever they want to call themselves. We beat them all, baby. 37-15. Let's go, dogs. Okay, dog fans, welcome back to another installment of the Dogcast. It's episode 86, and me and Old Dog are safely back in the bunker after a hugely successful trip to the plains of Alabama. Dogs win 37 to 15. Old Dog, did you see this win coming, baby? Can you believe? We went to Auburn and took it to the Tigers, the War Eagle, the Plainsmen, like we did, man. Well, I can't, I sure can't say I saw a win coming, especially a win like we had. Uh, you know, as we said on the show earlier, I thought if we played up to our potential, eliminated mistakes, came out with some fire in our bellies and played like men, uh, you know, we'd give them a game and we'd be in it. But no, I sure didn't see a blowout like this, and, uh, you know, some folks have been saying, you know, where's this team been? You know, where where were they against Vanderbilt? Where were they against Kentucky? And, you know, you got to look at it a couple ways. The offense, really not a whole lot of difference there on the offense. We eliminated some stupid penalties, but the main thing is uh, receivers caught the ball. I don't think there was one drop pass in the entire game. And, uh, hey. you know, we basically, and we stuck with a running game too. We didn't abandon the running game when it was going for us. Uh, you know, we had a hundred yard rusher for, I think, the second time this year, which was a plus. And on, uh, the defensive side of the ball, we got some push on the line. We got some pressure and we had like only two or three missed tackles as opposed to 20 or 30 like we normally do. <laughs> so, uh, you know, all in all, it was a great effort, and uh, I just hope and pray that we can keep the momentum uh, up and uh, take it to the texters. I do. I mean, it was. Know, a- this has been a. It's been an up and down season, and uh, you know, one loss doesn't break you, and one win doesn't make you. And we need to keep it in perspective. I know you got those rose-colored glasses on, but you may need to take them off. <laughs> well, hey, listen, man. I don't want to take anything away from the dogs. It was a great win, and I w- I'm jacked about the victory. I mean, there's lots of good things to c- take away from this win. And maybe I do have a little rose-colored glasses. You know what? But as bad as this season's been, you know, we deserve a little bit, and I think the boys deserve because, old dog, you know, we've been pounding on the dogs this year, and we've been giving some players. Specifically, I know you said a big part of this win was the dog cast coming out last week. You said, old dog, they need to look in the mirror and decide are they men or are they not, you know? And I specifically said, Ray Gant, you got to step up. 
I called Reagan out last week, and Reagan comes up with two sacks in the first half. I mean, on the first play of the game. On the first play of the game, he puts Brandon Cox on his back, and I was loving that. I was loving seeing Reagan putting pressure, and like you said, it was consistent pressure. But offensively, like you said, receivers were catching the ball, and more importantly to me, old dog, the other team wasn't catching the ball. We put a clamp down on those turnovers, old dog, and that was a huge factor. But I think the brightest spot for me, old dog, I want to tell you, and I know you know people have already said I'm going off the deep end on this thing, but Matthew Stafford... I don't know if I want to say he turned the corner or he's really, you know, I think he did show us a little bit more of his hand, a little bit more of what we've got to see in the future. But definitely he showed a little coachability, specifically from the first half to the second half, where he went toe-to-toe with the Auburn defense and coughed up the ball. You saw where he lowered his shoulder in the first half. He got punished and gave up the ball, and in the second half, he crossed the first down marker and slid on his butt. And I knew then, I said, the kid is coachable. The kid is learning. He's starting to figure out that he doesn't have to swing for the fences or make a home run on every play. He needs to direct the offense and be the quarterback, and that's all we need him to do. So, I was really happy with the performance of the offense. Like you said, receivers catching the ball, Matthew Stafford making plays. Craig Lumpkin, 105 yards. What a workhorse, man. Brandon Sutherland, what a workhorse. Tell me what you thought about the offensive line, though. Well, I thought the offensive line played played pretty well. Uh, You know, we're still real thin, and, uh, you know, we've still only got seven guys up there. But overall, they did a great job. We didn't have a whole lot of piddly little, you know, jumping off uh, procedure penalties. And one thing I think, you know, talking about Stafford a little bit, too, I think two things helped there. One, I think he gained confidence as the receiver started catching the ball where he's not trying to throw the perfect pass or drill it right in there. I think he realized in this game that if he got it to where they could get their hands on it, they were going to actually do it. And for the first time this year, we actually had a vertical passing game which certainly opened up the run game, especially when Stafford took off on those quarterback keepers. Mm. Uh, you know, nothing is going to stretch a defense out. And it's really the first time uh, after that first quarter that our uh, passing game has gotten any respect at all this year. And uh, I think that was a real plus. And that helped the offense out a lot. And it helped the offensive line out quite a bit because uh, – they didn't have to block eight or nine guys standing up there on the line trying to stop the run. You know, we actually had people covering folks, you know, because they realized that we weren't going to drop it this game. Well, yeah, yards after the catch, the distribution of the ball. Old Dog, we had seven different guys catch a pass in that game, multiple passes. Your man Michael Moore had a catch for 17 yards. We were moving the ball around, and on the other, and like you said, Brandon Cox. Brandon Cox only had four completions to his own team. He had four completions to the Tigers and four completions to the Dogs. Trey Battle absolutely got in Cox's head, and he got some breaks, too. I mean, he caught some tip balls and stuff. But Well, he had the one tip ball, but one thing it looked like they were doing, which was, I mean, two of those interceptions, you could really see 
in, you know, once I got back here to the bunker and watched the tape of the game, too, you could see that he was actually reading the quarterback, and he was breaking on the ball right about the same time Cox was throwing it. And uh, I also think that probably that first play of the game, when Ray Gant got Cox, uh, he re-sprained or re-injured his ankle because Cox did not have any zip on the ball at all. They were kind of floating out there like wounded ducks, which really helped us a lot. But if you watched the way Battle would break on the ball, he was reading the quarterback and he was reacting. And that's what we need to do. You know, this crap where we're giving them a cushion and, you know, waiting them to catch the ball and then trying to have a big hit and jar it loose. You know, I mean, we played defense like we were supposed to. We played defense with some heart this time. No doubt. And, hey, let me tell you something. You made a good point there about the first play with Ray Gant. All you young little dog fans out there who hope to grow up and maybe play for the dogs in the future, let me tell you something. There is no substitute for setting the tone of the game on the first play. If you can hit the other team in the mouth right out of the gate like we did, we had an eight-play, 80-yard drive. And then on the first play of scrimmage, when Auburn had the ball, Ray Gant gets up and literally hits Brandon Cox in the mouth. And the big bully, Charles, I mean, man, I'm telling you what, Quentin Moses coming off the edge, we had pressure all day long on Brandon Cox, and he could feel it, baby. Believe me, he could feel it. We hit him in the mouth on the first play, and that set the tone for the whole game. Oh, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, I mean, he was under pressure just about every every time he dropped back. And the other thing that it was so good to see is we had, when their runners, and, you know, there were some times that, that it didn't happen, but when we hit them, we stopped them. There wasn't this falling forward or, you know, breaking a tackle and going another five yards. I mean, there were even a couple times we hit them, stood them up, and then pushed them backwards. And it's been a long damn time since we've done that. Man. Some sure-handed tackling. Let's tell you what. Let's talk a little bit. Let's focus in on the offense, and then we'll talk about defense and special teams. Old dog, specifically, you said you know the offensive line looked better. It was definitely their best game of the year. It was definitely Matthew Stafford's best game of the year. Matthew Stafford's numbers look good, and he also seemed to be playing with a lot of. Uh, you know, he he did some checkoffs. There was a specific play where you saw the, the blitz coming up on the edge, and he checked off to a run and ran Craig Lumpkin right into the teeth of that blitz. And it was a super successful, actually ran for a touchdown, you know, super successful touchdown run on the first drive. Um, Stafford is definitely getting better with his progressions and stuff. Martres Milner had a clutch catch on third down. Do you think that... I know I'm being a little premature, and this is the team that lost to Kentucky last week. Don't get me wrong. I know. We've got a long ways to go. But do you think that Matthew Stafford is finally starting to get a little mojo with the receivers? Do you think they're starting to communicate and understand each other a little better? Or do you think this might just be a little flash in the pan and and maybe our receivers aren't as good as they look during the Auburn game? Well, I, gosh, I'm not sure. Uh, you know, I don't know if there's any, any mojo or any communication. I mean, you know, I think maybe our receivers realize they need to concentrate a little bit more and catch the damn ball. I mean, you know, Stafford's passes weren't any better against Auburn than they have been against other teams. 
uh, it was just the fact that the guys caught them. Mm-hmm. And uh, once once they started catching them, you know, that's going to give Stafford some confidence and it's going to do a whole lot. Whatever they did, uh, you know, I don't know if they blew the tennis ball machines up, hmm. if they put glue on their hands or whatever they did, they need to continue to do it. Uh, you know, but uh, the timing looked a little bit better. He had a little bit more touch on some of his passes. Uh, and I think that just comes from practicing with the guys and, and doing one rep after another. Uh, you know, it's really the first time this year we've seen them hit a couple guys in stride where they could reach their hands out, catch the ball, and continue running, you know, well, after that. And I think that's just going to get, get better and better, uh, you know, as, as Stafford matures and the years go by. Well, I'll tell you, one quick point. That's one thing I wanted to say that we really haven't seen Stafford do all year is deliver a deep ball that's on the money. He's had a lot of overthrown balls to to wide-open receivers. But, you know, he hit Kenneth Harris. Kenneth Harris dove with a daggum Auburn guy hanging on his foot and still made a fingertip catch. But on that first drive... He hit A.J. Bryant, too, and those balls were on the money. They were not overthrown. They were on the money, and those were two best passes, deep balls that Matthew Stafford's thrown yet. Um, a 53-yarder and a 40-yarder, I was really happy to see those deep balls go out, you know? Oh, yeah, me too. And like I say, there's nothing that helps the running game and the offensive line like stretching that defense a little bit and having a deep threat. And... uh you know, if nothing else came out of this Auburn game, and a lot more did, uh, at least that's planted the seed, you know, in uh, probably God's gift to defensive coordinators, uh, to Nunu, that, uh, you know, we do now have a vertical passing game. To Nunu, to Nunu. I've got to say it a couple times. You're right. The vertical passing game really spreads the defense out of the box. So we had 446 yards offense versus 171 yards offense for Auburn. We kept the ball, Old Dog, for 38 minutes versus their 21 minutes. They Amazing had, what a running game will do for you, isn't it? Absolutely. A running game that you stick with for four full quarters. And Brandon Cox had four completions, four sacks, and four interceptions. It was a defensive. I mean, it was a defensive masterpiece. I, you know, we gotta we gotta take our hat off. I tell you this. I kept saying throughout the game, Martinez had a great plan on defense. Obviously, had a great plan on defense, and he stuck to it. And I kept telling you throughout the game, the key is going to be as Al Borges makes his adjustments on Auburn's offense. Are we going to be able to keep up with adjustments? Because you know that's Wilmart's worst thing is adjusting on the fly. And, you know, I didn't see a whole lot of adjustments out of Auburn except that little reverse they did twice in the second half. Um, I don't know I don't know why Auburn didn't adjust more or if they couldn't adjust more or what happened, but that defense stood up for four full quarters. It was the most complete effort on offense and defense for 64 minutes that the dogs have had this entire season, without a doubt. Well, it is. It is. And, I mean, you know, in, in Arkansas, you know, show the way you can beat Auburn. And, uh, you know, Florida did a little bit, too. If you can stop Auburn's running game, which we did, mm-hmm. then and make Cox beat you with the pass, uh, yeah, I mean, their strength is their run game. 
and their passing game is secondary. And when he is not 100%, which I don't think he was, that just made it all the better for us. Right, yeah. Uh, you know, but, but I think more importantly, I don't think, you know, we can talk about, you know, and we may have different opinion on, on Willie Martinez. I still think he needs to fall on the sword. Oh, I definitely do, too. To, don't get me wrong. I'm not ready to bring him back, and I don't think it was any masterful game plan or anything else that he had. This is the first time that I have seen the defense come out fired up from the start of the game and end up the same way throughout the game. We've had some flashes of it. Uh, you know, they played good against Tennessee in the first half. They rose up and played with a little bit of heart against Florida in the second half. But this is the first complete game that everyone on that defense played like they really cared and that they wanted to win a ball game and they wanted to stop somebody. Hey, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Willie Martinez should stick around or this is a career saver for him or anything like that. But I do think he had a good game plan in place for Auburn. I do think the game plan worked, and it was a complete effort, like you said, a passionate, concentrated, focused effort on the defensive part, no doubt about it. Listen, hold on. Let's take a quick break, come back, talk a little bit more about the offense, a little bit more about the defense, a little bit more about this awesome win out of the dogs on the plains against Auburn. Stay tuned, dog fans. Okay, dog fans, we're back from the break. Old dog, how are you feeling about Trey Battle? I know you hate the word signature, signature victory and all that kind of stuff, but this definitely was a signature effort on Trey Battle's part, wasn't it? 
Three picks, no, man. No, no, there, there's nothing. There's nothing signature about it. I don't see him sign his name on anything. I, that's just, you know, that's overused. That, I know. You know it, it was a signature. It was a signature victory for him because he had his swagger. I guess he had his uh, swagger. You know, if you really want to be use use a bunch of trite uh, words. I mean, no, it was actually you could see him. He actually was able to read the quarterback's eyes see where he was going. Uh, you know, they, I, I will say, uh, they did a good job in coverage. Uh, it helped a lot on the defensive line uh, to get pressure on Cox, too. There were a couple sacks and a couple pressures that were definitely just because of the coverages we had. Uh, you know, I was, I think battle, battle came up big. Like I say, two of his interceptions, uh, you know, were all on him. He read, he knew where the ball was going. Obviously, he studied a lot of film. He was in the right place at the right time. And uh, certainly on that tip ball, you know, I mean, anyone could have had that. He just happened to be standing there yeah. and got it. But what a big day for him. He goes in the record book right next to the great Terry Hogue, tied for the most interceptions in the game. I tell you what. Georgia defensive back. Congratulations to Trey Battle, man. Tying the record, baby. And Ray Gant with the two sacks, it was, I mean, it was, I just, I'm glad to see that out of Ray Gant. I've been waiting for him to step up all year. And Ray Gant finally played with a kind of intensity in the middle, stuffing the run, stuffing the quarterback. I love to see that effort in the middle, man. And that was, couldn't come a minute too soon. And I'll tell you, talking about one thing I wanted, a point I wanted to make, old dog, about, just this dog family and the dog nation and how great things are. You know, people have been calling for coach, you know, you got these yahoos calling for coach Rick's head and stuff like that. And now of course they're all right back on the bandwagon, you know, and you know, they go away and they come back and they get cold and they get hot, but just well, that, one. That's why, the, that's why they have the dog vent. That's why they have the dog vent. Exactly. That's, that's the place for those kind of fans. But anyway, right here on the dog cast, I just want to give credit where credit is due for just a, a great bulldog and a great kind of thing I love to see. Joe Tereshinsky II, Joe T3's dad, obviously. A lot of you guys know him. He's a strength coach for Georgia. He's been a football coach on the Georgia staff now for, I know personally, at, at least, I think, 15, maybe 20 years he's been coaching on the Georgia staff. And, um, you know, yesterday, yesterday when Matthew Stafford was making those plays, there was one specific time where he ran and got a first down, you know. And Joe Tereshinsky II was on the sidelines, and I'm telling you, out of everybody on the sidelines, I think he was cheering more for Matthew Stafford on that football. I mean, he was pointing at Stafford and clapping and giving him, you know, a real – a real support there from the sideline. And I was just thinking about what a man it takes to do that when you when you your son is a quarterback competing with this guy who is sitting the bench right now and you're on the sideline and you're cheering on the guy who took your son out of the game basically, you know? I just think it takes a big man to stand on the sidelines and really support the team like that. And I think all the Tereshinskys all the way from Grandpa down to Joe Three Sticks, I think they they're great bulldogs, and uh, I just except of course for Joe's brother, who's uh, 
freaking Wake, Wake Forest. Wake Forest. <laughs> exactly. I know, but you know he's getting it done up there, man. Wake is oh, down. Absolutely. Wake ain't they're, no they're damn gonna joke, play, man. They're going to play the Texters for the ACC championship. I know. Wake ain't no joke, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. How about the Texters uh, marching at the Chapel Hill and, uh, you know, Stomping out, hanging a big seven on the board. Hanging a big seven on the board up there in Chapel Hill against a lame duck coach in North Carolina. But um, yeah, I just I tell you what, I just think those Tereshinskis, man, they are a real special family. And those guys, that Joe Tereshinski, man, he is he's a good, a great bulldog and a great coach. And his son's a great player. They're just a good bulldog family. I just really no enjoy seeing it. them on the sidelines. They, they love they love the dogs and. Uh, you know, I mean, and all through his career, uh, Joe the Third. You know, he's done everything he possibly can. You know, and played just played a lot of different positions just because he wanted to get on the field. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, my hat goes off to him. You know, he he's a guy who knew his limitations. Absolutely, and he knows. I mean, he just loves the dogs, man. And um, I mean, I, I tell you, I think that's the that's one of the reasons why I love the Bulldogs. I mean, I. It's just one of the little things that makes up a body of, you know, bulldog point of pride. You know, it really is. What about one other thing I saw yesterday I really liked? You saw Nick Jones on the sideline. He was doing a lot of leadership and example and encouragement and stuff like that. I think Nick Jones had a real breakout game yesterday, too. Not just the way he played on the field, but the way he conducted himself for the full 60 minutes on the sidelines and on the field and everything. Nick Jones really put in a top-shelf, top-dog effort yesterday, and uh, I think he deserves a game ball for that effort yesterday. It was a good job anchoring that offensive line. Well, no no doubt about that. And, I mean, and I'll tell you this, too, and we probably will never know what went on because it was probably something that was done behind closed doors. But this was really the first time probably since the South Carolina game that this team, to a man, has shown the kind of emotion that they did. I don't know, you know, what, what Coach Rick or some of the other coaches did, you know, to instill this in these guys. But, uh, you know, I mean, there were some of these games they got out there and they just kind of looked like, uh, you know, it was a remake of uh, – you know, invasion of the body snatchers. <laughs> yeah. You know, they were out there, you know, but they were just totally emotionless, you know, and they were going they were going through the act but not doing anything. And I mean we got back down to fundamentals, but you know, the college game, man, it's it's sixty, seventy percent emotion. I mean, you know, we talked about it a little bit. Look look at that Rutgers game. Right. I mean, there's no way in the world Rutgers should have been able to hang with Louisville. But but they just uh you know, they got out there and and they just wanted it. I mean, they played well beyond their potential, and that's what a good coach does. He gets a bunch of young guys fired up to go out there and play as good as they can and then take it to the next level. And that's what we saw this Saturday, really for the first time this season. And I just hope that we can carry it over uh, through the off week and into the Tech game. i tell you what, because – We've need. I mean, what we have in that Auburn game is a kind of momentum, 
the kind of thing what we're trying to do now with the dog program is to turn the corner and get some momentum heading into next season. We're trying to get something to build on, improve our bowl game standing, beat the trade school from North Avenue, get a decent bowl game, get some practices in, and get ready for next season. That's all we've got on our plate for the rest of this year. And this Auburn victory was a huge step in the right direction. Huge step. Coach Rick said, Quote, he said, talking about Matthew Stafford, he's finally listening to me, and that was really nice. You know, Coach Rick said he hated his game plan on Friday night. He was as low as he's been all season on Friday night before the Auburn game. He thought that he had a bad plan. He thought he was putting Stafford into a bad situation. And (coughs) he just wasn't very confident. And, you know, our team really came out and played with the kind of momentum and passion that we need to carry into next season. I think I think old dog they finally figured out that if they show up and they play hard, they can win. Just as I said, I think they've already figured out if they don't play as hard as they can for 60 minutes, they're not going to win. So That's right. I think we've learned that lesson. I hope we've learned that lesson and um I hope now they've iced the cake here a little bit with this Auburn victory and we're ready to go and take it to the trade school after a week off. Well, and, and time will tell. And, I mean, you know, as, as big a game as the Auburn thing was, uh, you know, and it, it was it was a time for these guys to figure out, you know, what they were. Were they going? Are they football players or are they a bunch of quitters? Uh, you know, they need to ask themselves again, you know, that going into the Tech game too. Because it would be real easy, uh, you know. We've certainly had a lot of letdowns this season, you know. To say, well, you know, we're back on track now, and you know, we don't, we can't be mailing it in against Tech. No we way. We need to get out there and play with passion. And it's just like we said, you know, before. And I'm going to end it with this. You know, if you can't, you know, if you're if you're wearing the red and black, and you can't come out and get emotional about playing Georgia Tech then you need to take that uniform off and lay it down. I mean, there's no one that we hate more than the North Avenue Trade School, and there's no one we like to beat or the, you know, purveyors of moral victories, and that's what we need to send them home with. We need to send them home with a moral victory for we've got to win. I'll tell you what, there's nothing better than smashing the nerd herd from North Avenue. Old Dog, we're going to wrap it up, man. I think that's a good note to go out on. Dog fans, thanks for listening. It was an awesome game. It was an awesome win. I wish every single one of you could have been there. You know, huge victory the for the Dogs. Thing I wish they turned the water cannons on us again. I tell you what, I wouldn't have mind another touchdown right there at the end. I love that call going forward on fourth and one with three minutes to go and making that fourth down. Coach Rick's just too nice a guy to hang another touchdown on him, but I tell you what, I'm not nice. I'm not too nice to hang another touchdown on him. But uh, it was a great win. Thanks for all the calls, the audio comments, the emails, guys. We love you listening. We appreciate all of our listeners, guys. Give us a call at seven zero six five three four fifteen sixteen or email us at dogcast at gmail dot com. We got an open date next week, old dog. Finally, we get a week off, man. Eleven weeks in a row. We finally get a week off. Are you ready? I'm ready. You ready to sleep in on a Saturday? 
Absolutely, but since it's tech, we'll we'll do our normal show routine because there's always. I mean, I can talk bad about tech forever. Oh my gosh, I'm telling you what, the nerd herd's going down. Dog fans, thanks for listening. We'll give them hell after the open date. Everybody, take a deep breath and rest up for this week. We'll see you on Thursday. Go dogs. Derek, old dog, it's Jeff in Boise. Hey, man, guys, I forgot to call you um, regarding the possible Boise trip. Even though I think it's very far-fetched and not likely, I'd like nothing better. Let me extend an invitation. I'll come pick you up in the big dog mobile down at the big Boise International Airport, and we can make a weekend of it. Uh, but, guys, I'm really hoping that it doesn't end that way, but it could. And if it is, I'm all right with it. Let's hope our guys can draw some inspiration from the Rutgers game last night and get her done this weekend. I'll be watching it on the game plan. Hopefully we'll be victorious. Speak to you later. Eric, hold on. I hope this is not premature. I waited as long as I could. I held my tongue. There's three minutes and 36 seconds left to go. Leads 37 to 15. They may be putting it in the end zone, but you never know. They could turn it over and the and, and the Tigers could score. It doesn't matter. I think I think we got it under control right now. I think the dogs are going to take this victory. Um, it's a good day to be a dog. I'm very happy. Um, obviously, this is good. You know what? I don't care about the four losses. I don't care about the Kentucky the Vanderbilt loss. I think. The defining moment of our program for the next couple of years is going to be that run that Stafford took where he slid after the first down. He finally has matured. You know, the offensive line, my God, they've had some. They've actually blocked today. And the receivers, they're, they're catching the ball. It's, it's amazing what happens when you play the fundamentals. I like it. I'm excited. Uh, unfortunately, this means you guys aren't coming out to Boise to see me for the humanitarian bowl. But that's all right. It's all good. Uh, hopefully, I'll make it home for the Peach Bowl. And if we don't go there... Memphis is all good, too. I really don't care where we go. I finally have some hope for the season. I got nothing but love for you guys. Go dogs! This is Matt Booth from Lions, Colorado. Dog cast nation listener. I tell you what, I'm out of my mind right now. We are killing Auburn. This is how we've been needing to play all year long. We deserve this. We guys play great. It's the fourth quarter. There's two minutes and 15 seconds left. Georgia 37, Auburn 15. Sorry, Tigers, you're not coming back from this one. Bye-bye. How about those Bulldogs, baby? 37 to 15 over the Auburn Tigers. Wow. That was an amazing game. I loved every second of it. And we played with a lot of emotion, which was really great. I mean, Stafford looked great. And, wow, I mean, how about them dogs? That's all I got to say. How about them dogs, baby? Drew from Athens. Uh, you know, there's not much to say about the game. Defense played awesome. Offense played awesome. Hell, special teams weren't bad either. Not much to say, but, I mean, freaking go dogs, baby. Hey, guys. Long time listening to the show. First time I've been calling in. What a win. What a win. Where's this team been all season? That's what I was wondering. Uh, one thing did bother me, though. Uh, Trey Battle, who obviously had a terrible day, uh, said this after the game. He said, uh, we knew we couldn't let up at all. Halftime has been a killer for us all season. Now, 
he's obviously right. But one thing I haven't heard y'all talk a too much about it is, is where's the finishing of the drill this, this time? Is Rick still doing the mat drills? He's still out there every day making these guys do the kind of conditioning they are. It, it just uh, that seemed to be our strength was finishing strong, and and that's a character thing. And uh, you know it was a great win though. I'm not gonna get too down on the dog, but I think uh, we finally saw a very crucial part of, of what makes the Bulldogs Bulldogs, and that's heart today. And uh, it's about time. I hope we uh, keep it now. Great show, guys. What a win. Go dogs.